David said to the whole assembly, My son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. The task is great because this palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. With all my resources, I have provided for the temple of my God. Besides, in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God. Over and above everything I have provided for this holy temple. Now, who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? Then the leaders of families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds, and the officials in charge of the king's work gave willingly. The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor, for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. We are foreigners and strangers in your sight as well as our ancestors. Our days on earth are like a shadow without hope. Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name comes from your hand and all of it belongs to you i know my god that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity all these things i have given willingly and with honest intent and now i have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you lord the god of our fathers abraham isaac and Israel. Keep these desires and thoughts in the hearts of your people forever and keep their hearts loyal to you. Thank you so much. Great to see you. Let's welcome everyone from Kingsgate Leicester, Kingsgate Cambridge, those online. Great to be celebrating and marking this moment as a whole Kingsgate Church family. Well, I hope you found that look back video inspiring. 
and informative. I actually found it, first time I saw it, really moving. Couple of reasons. First, because I believe this is a really significant milestone moment. Isn't it amazing to be debt free on this whole site and on this building and all that that's going to enable us to do in terms of being free for all that the Lord has ahead for us? Why don't we just take one more uh, moment of praise and celebration? Let's honor God for his faithfulness over so many years. We give you praise, Lord, and we give you glory. But as well as the physical and the financial blessing that this represents, I actually feel moved for a different and a deeper reason. And it's really what lies behind this whole journey. And it is a Holy Spirit-inspired generosity that's caused hundreds of us over, in some cases, two decades to step up and to give sacrificially and extravagantly to help this dream become a reality. And this moves me, and I believe more importantly, this kind of giving moves the heart of God. So I just want to mark the moment one more time. And I want just to say a massive thanks to every single person in whatever campus, Leicester, Cambridge, online or here in Peterborough, anybody who's invested in this whole building journey, why don't we put our hands together? Let's just honour every single person who's done this. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. So this is a key moment in our history and it's great to look back and we wanted to mark the moment well and looking forward to partner celebrations this week too. But as well as this being an opportunity to look back and thank God and thank people, I believe we are in a really key transition season. You'll have picked up by now, if you've been around for the last few weeks, that we're running with a new vision. You know, we started out 35 years ago, the call to think big or uh, you'll limit me, God said. Now, God is calling us to do what? To think bigger and beyond. And so in this moment, I believe as well as looking back, this is an opportunity to prepare us ahead for all that the Lord has for us. And in order to do that, I want to speak from this wonderful passage in 1 Chronicles 29. If you don't know the background, um, King David and the leaders have basically given extravagantly towards the, the future temple that David's son Solomon would build. And it's, it's a magnificent passage. Um, we see how they give a huge amount. They give willingly. There's lots of joy. It's a celebration day. And then David gives us this stunning kind of worship and praise to God. And then towards the end of it, he prayed a particular prayer. And as I was studying this and praying about what to speak about today, in the message translation, this, this kind of prayer leapt out at me. And I sense this is what God wants us to pray for ourselves and for the future of Kingsgate. It goes like this. Oh God, God of our fathers, keep this generous spirit alive forever in these people always. And notice the link here. Keep their hearts set firmly on you. Keep this, and this is the phrase, say generous spirit. See, I believe at the heart of what God wants. Yes, we're going to see a, a whole load of resource released in future years. But I believe at the heart of it, and what really matters even more to God is our hearts. Do you know that God is more interested in our hearts than in our money? I mean, God could have done this 10.3 million miracle. One person could have just given. But aren't you glad that God involved us in the journey? 
And he said, in the process of this miracle, he's doing a greater miracle, which is in our hearts. Because how many you know there is a, a particular rival to the love of God, and it's the love of money? It's materialism. It's not that money's bad, but materialism combined us. And what I love is that over these last decades, we have seen an incredible spirit of generosity. And so I want you to join with me and pray for yourself and pray for future generations. Let's pray for those who've been on the journey. How many of you want to pray with me? Lord, keep this generous spirit alive in my heart. Anyone want to pray that? How many want to pray that this will spread to every new person who joins and into our youth and our kids? They'll catch this spirit of generosity. Why? Because there's a link between generosity and love and loyalty to God. If you, if in, the, in the message it says this, keep this generous spirit alive forever in these people always. And then it says, keep their hearts, say their hearts, their hearts set firmly on you. Jesus, of course, um, hundreds of years later, talked a lot about this issue of our giving and how it affects our hearts. In fact, he says this, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so I feel passionate about this. You know, um, 35 years time, I will be 95. God willing, I'll still be here. And I want to cut, you know, I'd love to be able to sort of sit somewhere on the front row saying, look, darling. <laughs> Isn't it amazing, that generous spirit we saw all those years ago, you know, that moment we celebrated in 2024, that prayer we prayed, God is still answering it. Hallelujah. And there's a whole bunch of other people who are catching this generous spirit. So wherever we're at, and I appreciate we're all on different stages of the journey, how can you and I um, get a generous spirit, and those of us who have it, how can we keep it alive now and for future generations? Three things from this passage, three things we can learn from David. Let, let me just say that not all of us have David's resources, but we can all imitate his example of extravagant and sacrificial giving. And by the way, David was giving for a physical temple, Old Testament temple, the house of God for worship and sacrifice. We now have been giving and will be giving for future building in order to house the, the even greater temple, which is the church the living God, the, of the living God, where they're made up of living stones. Where it's not just a place of worship, but guess what? In these buildings, people's lives can be changed for all eternity. Amen? And so we, we are in an even greater place than David. So three things. First, simple motivation is love for God. Love for God. Um, Karen and I, we had um, family staying last weekend, including our grandson. He is such fun, so full of energy. And grandparents will know this. I mean, the love I feel for him is hard to describe. And I tell him that on a frequent basis. Do you know I love you so much? And sometimes I'll get a, just a sort of a blank look. Sometimes, yeah. But something happened this time. Suddenly he turned to me and he said, I'm trying to do a really high accent here. I love you, Pops. He can't say his L's yet. When he said, I love you, Pops, I tell you, my heart was gone. I was just done. I was ruined. And as I thought about that, I thought about my relationship with the Lord and our relationship with the Lord. You see, we have a God who loves us, and it's hard to believe, even more than grandparents love their grandchildren even more than a parent loves a child. He loves us so much that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross to redeem us for all eternity. 
And more than that, and that's not just a past reality, we have the Holy Spirit who wants to minister his love to us day by day, moment by moment. And I'm very aware of that. I'm very aware of God's love for me. And so sometimes I just say, I love you, Lord. I love you, Father. Jesus, I really love you. Holy Spirit, my friend, I really love you. And as I, as I was thinking about that, if, if, if me hearing those words, I love you, Pops, gets to me, how much do you think God is honoured when we express our love and adoration towards him? Both in our own devotions, in our day-to-day, I just sometimes do it conversationally, but also in our worship together. But you know there's something else that I believe moves the heart of God? It's when he sees his children taking something that matters to them, takes financial resources and say, Lord, I don't want anyone or anything to be higher than you in my love or loyalty. Lord, I give you this sacrificial offering. I believe that blesses and moves the heart of God. It's like, we, 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 you know, our prayers, our worship are like incense. But you know, Paul talks in Philippians 4, our offering is like incense. Can I say, I believe even today, there's, like, there's pleasure uh, in, in the heart of God because of all that's happened over the last uh, 20 years, the last 35 years. In fact, why don't we just thank God that we get the privilege of bringing, bringing pleasure to Him. And, and if, we look, if we look at David, we see this is at the heart of this guy. Uh, I wish I had more time to unpack it, but here's a guy who, who does express his verbal love to God. At the end of the day, I mean, he, he writes a whole bunch of Psalms. I mean, you know, God, David knew how to worship God with his, with his voice, but he also knew how to worship God through his giving. And so we see here in this passage, it says, David, the task is great because this palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. This This is a love offering. With all my resources, I provided for the temple of my God. Besides in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God. I love the way he repeats it. Like here's, here's a man in love with God. He talks about the temple of not just God, temple of my God. He's my God. This is not just a monetary contribution. This is David, the worshipper, the one who writes the Psalms, who loves to say, I love you, Lord, expressing his love for God through this sacrificial giving. And I believe at the heart of what's happened for the last 20 years, the reason we've been able to pay off this debt and raise a total of over 10 million, 10.3 million pounds, I can say for Karen and myself, I know hundreds of us here, do you know the reason we've done it? Because we love our God. And we want him to be first place in our lives. Amen. And as we look ahead to the future, how many want this same spirit of generosity, this generous spirit to stay alive? Let's keep our hearts on fire for God. Amen. Number one is love for God. Number two, though, is as we give out of a love for God, we also know that we're leaving a legacy. Say legacy. A legacy beyond ourselves. In fact, if you look at this, David is giving towards a temple that his son would build that he would never even see or personally take part of. And if you do a little bit of Old Testament history, that temple lasted for 400 years. So David personally didn't benefit. But how many you know that generation after generation of worshipper benefited from David's far-sightedness? He said, I'm gonna leave a legacy beyond myself. 
And so I just want to take a moment just to honour that in the last 20 years, we have had Kingsgate members who have sacrificially contributed to this uh, building journey, who right now have been promoted and they've gone to be with the Lord. They're not here right now. But we just want to honour and thank every single person who's not here, who's gone to be with the Lord, who's given. Amen. We just thank God. We thank God for the sacrifice of people who've gone to be with them. Or it may be that people have been to Kingsgate studying or working for a season, have gone to another city or nation. We honour them. But of course, many of us are still very much here. Are you still very much here? I'm still very much here. And so we've been compelled by a love vision beyond ourselves. You see, it's a very shallow, very small life if you spend all your life just thinking about yourself. How many know that is ultimate um, bondage to, to be consumed with yourself? I mean, that's why I got saved. I was so fed up just living for myself. It was such a destructive kind of life. When I got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and called by God, I realised I had an enlarged life. And my life mattered more than just me getting through or having a good time. I could have a, be a blessing to many other people. I mean, how cool is that? We get to leave a legacy through our time, our talents, but also through our treasure. Many of us have given, not for ourselves, not because we just wanted a nice church building to gather in, although it is an amazing building. We, we've been giving and we're going to give again, aren't we? Because we, we're not saying this is enough. We know there's tens of thousands of people all around all of our campuses who don't yet know the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're giving for them. And we're also, as you heard, and I love what came through that video, we're also giving because we are People have a long-term perspective. We are uh, continuing to give, as we have done, as a legacy for future generations. A few weeks ago, I was at a conference and an amazing prophetic guy came and um, just said, could I pray for you? I said, sure. And he started prophesying, amongst many personal things, he started prophesying over Kingsgate. And the heart of his prayer was focused on this. He said this, young people are flocking to this church. And then he says, you're going to have so many young leaders in this church, you're going to be astounded. You're not going to know what to do with them. How many know that young people are flocking, are going to flock to this church, both now and in future generations? We are leaving a legacy beyond ourselves. And so I'm so excited as we look ahead to next week's Bigger and Beyond offering to our giving day on Sunday the 3rd of March. I'm so thrilled that 10% of it is going to the Leadership Academy where we're going to invest in leaders and especially next generation leaders. I'm so excited as I, I'm sure those of you in Cambridge are that we're going to be giving 20%, another 20% into a future building for Kingsgate Cambridge. Amen. We're going to be giving for a, a, a strategic centre in that city for the unis and for the region. Come on, let's give God thanks for in advance for all that he's going to do in and through Kingsgate Cambridge. And we haven't mentioned it in this offering, but how many, who knows what we're going to do in Leicester? Let's give a shout out for Kingsgate Leicester as well. And then of course, here in this building, although it looks like we've got a lot here already, I'm so thrilled that we're going to be fitting out another 350 seats. That's 350 souls multiple times over who are going to come and see their lives transformed. Amen. 
I'm so excited that we're going to fit out a whole wing up there that's going to release more children's and youth rooms so that we can see generations of lost people and future young people. And, and you know, like we heard, Kieran and Gallia, people are going to come to Kingsgate Youth or they're going to come to Kingsgate Kids. They're going to get saved and their lives are going to be changed for all eternity. We're going to leave a legacy. Amen. But you know, but because God has blessed us, because we set aside 10% of everything to our mission fund, we have the privilege of increasingly blessing other churches, other charities, other mission organizations. You know, we have the blessing of sending out teaching resources that are having an impact on many other people's lives and churches. We have the blessing of running the learning communities. But we also have the privilege of responding to one-off needs. Um, just in the last uh, month, we've been able to give two gifts of £5,000 to two amazing missions ministries here in the UK. That means that every time a soul gets saved through their ministry, we have a part in it because we're giving, a, a giving for a legacy beyond ourselves. Amen. And then over the years, we've had the privilege of helping other people's building projects. In fact, we started giving to other people's buildings before we even had our own building fund. I remember a number of projects in Africa, different nations that we were able to give into. We have, uh, we have buildings right now in those countries where people are worshiping God and getting saved because we've been able to give. Isn't that amazing? Come on, this is part of our journey, folks. And then we've, over the years, we've also given significant amounts to other UK building projects too. A uh, couple of weeks ago, I was made aware of another church who needed um, a kind of a significant amount of money to release a property for a new church building. And, and it was just such a privilege to be able to literally talk to the team overnight. Hey, um, we'd love to give. Well, what do we believe God's saying? We all had the sense of we want to give £10,000. So we were able just to say, here goes £10,000 into your building project. May God bless you to be a blessing in your town and in your situation in Jesus' name. We're leaving a legacy, folks beyond ourselves. What a great motivation to give, isn't it? To live an enlarged life. Love for God, it's where it all starts. A legacy beyond ourselves for other people. But there's a third thing that I really felt the Lord impressing on me, partly from the text and partly just in my own spirit. I believe key, if we want this generous spirit to be alive and stay alive and go wider, particularly in our materialistic, hedonistic society, this is a key. We need to see every time we give into the work of the kingdom, it is an investment, say investment, an investment for eternity. You see, ultimately, I believe a generous spirit can only be caught and kept alive if we as the people of God get a fresh revelation of our role as eternal investors. So first we need a role, a, a revelation of our role as investors. How many, if you're honest, and I'm including myself in this, most of the time when you think about your money, you kind of think about your needs and your desires and what you can do, or is it just me? How many need the Word of God and the Spirit of God to renew your mind to the fact that God has a higher plan? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, money is so close to us, the things, that they're so tangible. Our needs are so tangible. You see, God has a greater purpose for, your, for the finances he's given you than just for your needs. He wants to bless you and make you a blessing. 
And we see this right here in 1 Chronicles 29. I think it's amazing that David, this Old Testament king, has such a revelation of the sovereignty and the greatness of God. Let me just read this again to you. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. Listen to this. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Wealth and honor come from you. Now, this is so, so important. I remember years ago, you know, when we started hearing about tithing and the, you know, and it's true that the first 10% of everything we have, the Bible says, is holy to the Lord. It belongs to the Lord. But there's actually a truth behind that truth that's deeper than that, that actually the whole 100% belongs to God because ultimately it comes from Him. And when you get hold of that, tithing and giving over and above, it's not an, it's, it's the, the struggle goes out of it when you realize actually it all comes from you. And so we have, a privi- we have the privilege of investing and distributing the Lord's money. It's diff- different. I don't think that's a bit countercultural. It's not, you see, God is the owner of everything, and He says to us now, I'm giving you the privilege in your one life on earth of making a difference. Yes, I want to meet your needs because I'm a good, good father. How many know God wants to meet your needs? How many God wants to supply? And he's, he's able to do that. Amen. He's an unlimited God. He doesn't want us to live under fear or worry. But he says, but I, there's a portion of what I've given you that I want you now to invest and David gets a hold of this. He says, they've just given this huge offering. And rather than any sense of pride, look what we've done. I love his humility. He says, but who am I? Who are my people? That we should be able to give as generously as this. He's thinking, this is such fun. This is such a privilege. Everything comes from you. And we've only given what comes from your hand. This is something Karen and I feel deeply about. You know, just yesterday as we were, as we like to do before every special offering, we like to get ahead and pray, Lord, what do you want us to give? And, you know, we sensed an agreement around both um, above our tithe, both a, a monthly um, pledge and commitment and a one-off gift. And there was, there was no sense of reluctance, the sense of, okay, right. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege. But we're not... And as we do, can I say, God will resupply and he is no man's debtor. But as well as being investors, I believe God is calling us to be internal investors. So it's not just that we give that people's lives get changed now. We are actually investing ahead of ourselves into eternity. David grasped this. He talked about a God who is from everlasting to everlasting. He says this, we are here only for a moment. What, you mean 95 years is a moment? Yeah, according to eternity, in the light of eternity, it's short. You agree? Visitors and strangers in the land as our ancestors were before us. Our days are on earth are like a passing shadow gone so soon without a trace. Now, I want to share an illustration, one of my favorite illustrations, if I can have my helpers here. Um, I want to use this illustration of um, a rope. Now, I want you to imagine that this rope doesn't have any ends, but it goes on forever and ever. So here we go. So this little red section here, I thought red because we're redeemed by the blood, okay? 
This is our life right now. All there is eternity past. How many know God is an eternal God? Now, how many think your life right now is significant? It's not a trick question. It is. And 70 to 100 years is a significant portion of time. But would you agree that in the light of what's to come, imagine this goes on and on and on, it's like a passing shadow. It's not actually as significant as we think. So here's where our culture, our flesh and the enemy likes to do. Spend all your focus here, invest all your money here, Think about what you can do to get our life now. No, no. The biblical perspective is invest your life here in the light of all that's to come because it's a long time. That, that's what it means to be a Christian. We're not just rooted to this life. You realise we have eternal life. When you got born again, you got changed on the inside. The eternal spirit of the creator God came on the inside of you. And you're going to go to be with God in heaven. But when Jesus comes back, you're going to be resurrected. And we're going to be on a new creation forever and ever and ever. So what I do and what you do and how we live for God and what we invest now is not just about now. It's going to last for eternity. How many know it's pretty smart investment if you and I invest something here to go on forever? How many think that's pretty smart investing and I'm not it's not just here Jesus talks about lay up treasures in heaven he talks in one of his parables about the shrewd manager and he says if you invest now wisely with unrighteous mammon you're going to be welcomed into eternal dwellings thank you let's give these guys for their arms and so I want to see us here today that we are giving for eternity. We've only got one life. You see, I believe God wants to bless us in the here and now. But it's so important we don't get caught into a bigger Barnes mentality. Translate that however you like. Can I say the house that you, that we, the houses we so value are not going to be there in the new creation? The cars that we drive around are not going to be there in the new creation. Nothing wrong with any of this stuff. But let's get an eternal perspective and let's recognise that everything we give, everything that we obey God and give, is going to last for eternity. Because can I tell you, we cannot take our money with us, but we can send it on ahead of us in the form of souls. And souls are so precious that Jesus Christ came and he gave something that is more precious than silver and gold. He shed his very blood that you and I and everybody that we're partnering together to reach might be saved forever and forever and forever. Amen. Let's pray together. Wherever we're at, every Campus, Cambridge, Leicester, online here in the room in Peterborough. I'd like to invite you just to stand if you're able and we're going to respond together. See, we're all on a spectrum of our faith in God and in this journey of generosity. But I want to say firstly...
um, we include ourselves in this. I want to first honour again and want to thank, but also I want to lovingly challenge every single one of us who have been part of this generous journey. Would you join with me in praying this prayer? Keep this generous spirit alive in my heart. Is that a good prayer to pray? Let's not, as the church grows bigger and we impact more people, let's, let's not dim in our devotion. In fact, let's press in all the more out of love for God, out of the privilege of leave, leaving a legacy and knowing that we're investing for all eternity. And then for those of you, maybe you've been around for a while or maybe, and there's, we've got so many new people in Kingsgate across our campuses, you've not really... <clears throat> played much of a part in the journey thus far. And you may even think, well, we missed out a bit. Well, no, you start right now. You can invest now beyond, beyond yourself. And you can play a part for the next round of miracles. What I like to do is I want just like you to do something physically. I've got here my bank card. It was the smallest thing I could. If you've got a phone, car keys, bank card, wallet, purse, handbag, anything that represents something physically. I'd just like to invite you, wherever you gathered, and you can do this at home as well, Cambridge, Leicester as well. And if you haven't, just imagine. <laughs> and this is a physical representation of what we have. It represents our finances, but even more, I believe that God, first and foremost, He wants our hearts, amen. So just close your eyes and let's have a moment here today. And there's a gentleman here today in this service who a moment like this many years ago, when he got out something physically like this, he wasn't yet a Christian. He says, I don't just wanna give you my money, Lord. I want to give you my whole life and he got born again. And so right now, if you don't know the Lord here today, wherever you're gathered, this is a moment where you say, Lord, I want to receive your sacrifice and I want to give my whole life and my whole heart to you. In Jesus' name. And then the rest of us, with that, this physical symbol, why don't you just, in your own words, say thank you, Lord, for all that you've given me. Thank you for my life. Thank you for this precious life you've given me on this earth. And thank you for all the resources. For some, you may think there's not a lot, but I thank you for what you've given me. Some of us, we think God's given us a lot. And Lord, we wanna resurrender our lives, all that we have and all that we ha are. And as we look ahead, Lord, to next week's offering, we simply just want to pray this simple prayer. What do you want to do through me, Lord? How do you want me to invest? And now let's lift our hands. If you want to put that, whatever you, you may want to keep it in your hand, but we're going to now worship the Lord in all our campuses. We're going to worship the one who is worthy of it all. Amen. For from Him are all things and to Him are all things.
And just as our words and our praise is an incense, we wanna in anticipation say, Lord, all that we've given and all that we're gonna give is like incense before Your throne. Let's worship the Lord together.